One, two, three, four. Jake and Jonathan. 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 Yeah, yeah. Hey, Jake. You should check the name of last week's episode. Okay, I haven't done that. Once your live reaction. Jake was about to do this before we started the episode. By the way, just for context. Wait, did you see it already? No, I just I, I okay, just wait, saw wait, my wait. home screen. Let's okay. give people context for why this is exciting. <laughs> so it's exciting because Jake often sees, or I guess mostly you see the name of the episode the day the episode comes out. Yeah. And I am thinking, I'm always thinking, I wonder what you think about that name. Now you get to know. I'm really happy about this week's name. Have a look. And and you were involved in this name. This could be a bit in the podcast if it goes well. <laughs> yeah. We could do it every week. All right. So Jake and Jonathan refresh. Episode 137. Yeah. Apple Design Awards trigger spiritual awakening. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very happy with that title. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Yeah, I think and that triggers actually, in all caps. I think that's kind of what happened, actually, right? Because we started talking yeah. about yeah. the design awards. Here's the description. Do you also write the description? No, that's Ammer. Ammer. Well, here's what Ammer writes. Is Apple doomed? <laughs> Question mark, exclamation <laughs> mark. Scully crossbones emoji. Quarantine month number four. Like radioactive <laughs> emoji. A design review of the new Mac OS icons paint palette emoji which we actually did something broke in jonathan's brain brain emoji <laughs> the curse of the entrepreneur and then spa emoji sauna emoji <laughs> sauna oh, emoji yeah that's great i yeah, love it, it. A fun i love episode. the title i love the descriptions tip of the hat to amr for the excellent that's excellent uh podcast thank notes. you amr amr doesn't get paid for doing those so that's very good thank you <laughs> <laughs> he started doing it before he started working at aj and smarter right anyone listening now tell me <laughs> <laughs> shut up how is it going jake <laughs> oh man it has been it has been quite a week oh yeah yeah splash it out for me splash it out for me Jeez. well or you what know, you want to i have a a very dear friend who is really um dealing with some depression and oh sorry some serious stuff yeah you know you didn't want me to talk about it yeah okay i, I didn't okay. know what you were going to uh, yeah. say i'm really yeah. sorry genuinely no no sorry. yeah no i mean you know we all uh we always get go straight to getting real on here but i'm not gonna talk about that i don't plan to talk about that a lot today because it's of course i don't want to invade anyone's you know privacy and but but the, i guess the long and short of it is that i've been sort of in that you know trying to help them out this week and it's just uh that's a tough place to that's a tough place to be how do you help with something like that because i know that only recently in my life have people come to me for help you know as in friends who've kind of yeah. have mental health issues which and i honestly think i've only met you know i've only realized it in the last two years and i really at first didn't know what to do or how to help yeah or anything i mean it's more just like helping get to i mean i think it's really important to have professional help yeah with that stuff and uh, like a lot of i think i'll tell you one example uh my of an instinct i had that's not the right instinct an instinct that I think a lot of people have that I've had myself when I'm when I've uh, been like experiencing depression is to get get depressed. It's like, well, I'm gonna. There's this feeling in your mind of like, this is real. This is the this is now. I'm seeing things clearly, 
And there's also this feeling of like, I have always felt this way and now I'm really seeing it clearly. Uh. And then the natural like motivation or energy that it takes is like, well, you know, I'm going to like dwell on it. I'm going to get isolate, get, get by myself. I'm going to yeah. like listen to depressing music or whatever. Like that just kind of, it seems like the right thing to do. And one of the things that, that I learned this week was that, you know, that's like actually like the opposite of what you should do. You know, as a friend, when somebody's acutely in, in one of these scenarios, you can help by like doing things that in the moment cheer them up. I mean, the big picture is you, you do need to have like professional help with it. It's not something as, yeah. a, as a friend yeah. or as like a family, you know, loved one or whatever, like none of us are really equipped to solve that for somebody. And I would imagine even if you are a professional, it's probably not the best move to have you like treating your, your friend right or like yeah your, like your loved one yeah. like that's probably not the right way to go so you're definitely going to want outside help but just even in the moment like i guess that's like one example but i think my instincts aren't necessarily good for what how to help mm. but what what you can do is like i think help somebody get to the help that they need find that next appointment talk to that person about who the person by which i mean like the if it's a therapists, psychologists, psychiatrists, whatever, like talk to them about, like go to the appointment with them, talk to them about like who else can, what's the next thing that needs to happen? What's the next part of this picture? Right, right. So yeah, like it's not something that I, it's like one of those, one of those topics where, you know, the more you sort of experience it or learn about it, the more you realize like actually you don't know that much or like yeah. what seems obvious is not necessarily right. Mm -hmm. But yeah, yeah. Anyway. So yeah, that's the answer to your question. Sorry, that was a <laughs> heavy week. Heavy week. <laughs> yeah. Also, this week, yeah. I'm more like on a more work, a businessy note. I've been talking a bunch with my friend John Zaratsky about yeah. uh, work stuff and about um, we're trying to put on like an online. I have done this in person, you know, like workshop boot camp for design sprints a bunch of times, and you and yes. I have done them together too, and. AJ and Smart has like their flavor, but it's similar. It's a similar idea where it's like in the workshop or in the bootcamp for that day, you're sort of like putting people through this simulation yes. of like running their business and doing a sprint on like a, you know, usually a simulated problem. Sometimes they're a real, they're yeah. real challenge, but usually simulated. And one thing that I have been thinking, honestly, I was hoping to not have to like really figure out how to do this online because I was just <laughs> thinking, well, if I just kind of waited out long enough, then yeah. maybe, maybe like life is going to kind of come back to normal on its own and then we'll just be doing it in person again. But that's not really happening so super fast here. So. Not any time in the next oh, year anyway, yeah. or two yeah. years. Yeah. So we, I've done like a couple events with John, like a couple things for companies and like one sort of thing where we did like kind of like a, a shorter form, but of what we usually do in, in person, but we did it running it kind of the same way we do it in person. Mm. And then we're going to do another one where we kind of experiment with the format more and make it more like, hopefully a little bit more of like a, almost like a demo of like us doing an online, like over video sprint. Yeah. And using like, um, I've actually gotten really, as I've done these few like sample things and kind of dug into the tools a little bit, I've gotten really into the idea of using Google Slides instead of Mural or Mural. Yeah, that's what our team does when we're not allowed to use uh, Mural or Mural because of like data privacy stuff. Oh, we yeah. always get like uh, Google Slides is our like fallback. That's your fallback. And it works pretty, it's actually easier to understand. Yes, okay. The easier to understand thing is what drew me to it because I found myself in Mural or 
I think it was mural. It doesn't really matter because they both have this. They both have the same mural and mural. Both same name, model, same, same features, name, same everything. Same, yeah. <laughs> and they have this mental model of like, you know, it works like Figma or like Illustrator or something where it's like yeah. endless canvas and yeah. like you're kind of zooming in and out. And it's like, um, I even find it a bit like in my head, I'm like, oh, I, I'm constantly having to sort of remind myself what the geographic layout of what I'm looking at is. Uh, and <laughs> yeah. For I feel like for like if you're bringing people in who aren't familiar with those tools, it just feels like a lot to ask of people. Like we're doing all this stuff and then like learn this new tool. And I don't find that the like look like Google Slides, the editing tools are not amazing. Like it's sort of annoying if you're used to Keynote to go to Google Slides. But at least that mental model of the slides and like okay, we're gonna move now here and like each slide is like roughly you know it could be a whiteboard if you if you're using it for yeah. a whiteboard. So I got this idea from way back when the first time I ran a design sprint over video and it's before those other tools existed. I used Google Slides because there was really nothing else yeah. that I could think of and. It like worked okay enough. So I remembered that. But there's this agency actually in Berlin called Human Deluxe who made Oh, I like the name. Yeah, it's that great name. <laughs> yeah. They've done some great stuff. And they made these Human they made Deluxe. these templates for like I have this post about a brand sprint, three hour brand sprint for like, you know, kind of getting some basic, you know, basic like stuff you need before you start working with an agency or before you start a big branding project. And we used to do this at Google Ventures. I have a post about it. Anyway, they made like a template for a team who's running one in Google Slides so that the team can cool. do it in there. And they made like little sticky note things and really beautiful instructions. Um, I've linked to it in the brand sprint thing. Maybe if I can remember, I'll we'll put it in the show notes. But it's this cool template. And, and that got me thinking about Google Slides yeah, it's like a whiteboard space. Anyway, I've talked way too long about it now. But no, I think that's actually what people kind of want to hear about on this hear podcast. Yeah, right. I think that's <laughs> yeah. literally what they would prefer yeah. to be hearing and about actually, rather than the shit we're talking that's about. That's true. Usually. That's probably a good point. No, but I think, I think that's really, really interesting. First of all, I agree with you. Like Miro and Mural are sort of, you know, pro tools. And I think that yeah. we do, we have the luxury of having over a week to fully onboard a client for every sprint. So we also can take them through it on Miro because we do a lot of work on our side to do all the heavy lifting. Right. But if I was thinking of doing like a large, larger scale conference type thing, I mean, Google Slides is probably all you need. Also because it's just, you know, in Miro, you can, you can like, you can be the, the master or the admin and move yeah. people from space to space. Right. But it's so much easier just to be like, all right, slide three, everybody, in the conference, <laughs> yeah. rather yeah. than, and I think also like it's just a lot less, yeah, I don't know, I, th I think it would work quite well. I'm curious. So what we're doing is, and actually, if you're listening and you're, you are, want to, you'd have to do this sort of in the week or two after the podcast comes out. But if you go to thesprintbook.com slash bootcamp, we're going to basically do like a, a test boot camp. So we're going to sell the tickets for like cheaper than usual. One probably be like $300 or something like that. Yeah, great. And do like a kind of a test run with like a smaller sort of, you know, limited audience size and see how it goes with the plan being use Google Slides and try, yeah, just try doing it in this different format. It has to be a shorter thing so people don't get so burned out because I think it's totally <laughs> yeah. different what you can do in person. Weeks long. <laughs> yeah, so it'll be like four hours. Yeah. It's kind of fun, actually, when you get into like thinking about how are you going to test this, testing out a new a new idea is kind of yeah. fun. So I think that's really, really great. We will put a link into the description or into the 
well, go to the sprintbook.com, but if you can't find that for some reason, there'll be a link yeah, in the yeah, podcast yeah. description. Yeah. yeah, let me, I mean, maybe we will buy a ticket as AJ and Smart and join you guys just to watch it because I think that would be super interesting to see. We're also now, obviously, we can't do yeah. any events, which we usually do, and we fucking love doing events, but it's a big discussion here at the moment. And I want to send you a few links later, two links in particular to two live events that I want to copy, basically. I want to copy how they did it because I've been trying to think like, how do you conceptually get across the kind of energy and the, the fun of some of the in-person stuff? And I found two events that I just want to like rip off the production oh, cool. style, basically. Yeah. I'll show you. I don't want to talk about it on the podcast because okay. I want to do that. <laughs> Those are my lightning demos, um, which I want to show you afterwards. But I think you'll like them. They're really, yeah. I mean, they're really high production, way too expensive to actually pull off. We, w- we wouldn't be able to afford to make that happen. But yeah, it's something you might like. Yeah, no, I, I would love to see it. I think, I mean, uh, it just sucks because, and I realized this from doing the first like three, four things that I've done. I'm try- starting to like key into, like I had to kind of figure out what I like about in-person things. And I, I kind of figured out some of the formula of what I like. And then now doing stuff online, I'm like, for one thing, it's not fun for me to just like present off of slides. Yeah. Like to online. That's really fun in person because there's an audience and then the whole dynamic becomes like, cause you can see their facial expressions. You, you can, can see their facial expressions and you can hear them like hopefully laugh at jokes and like, yeah. you know, and they're there. You have to like, wear they're pants. Just, like, they're there. Yeah. Crapping in their pants. Like you can, you, you know, when it, when it happens, the moment, but <laughs> the moment it comes out. <laughs> it's like, Oh yeah, it happened. <laughs> it happened. <laughs> but I didn't know it was on its way. <laughs> <laughs> but so <laughs> so yeah like in live, live is just it's real and then and then um but you know doing the slides that's a format that sort of makes sense because it's like okay well i can mm. i will communicate this information but it's just not fun yeah but doing like uh some of the stuff where it's like you're kind of doing the whiteboard and you're talking with people and trying to work through it and solve it like i've enjoyed that way more online oh and it gives me a much needed morale boost because oh my god i'm just so 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 uh worn down by quarantine i mean it is yeah (laughs) it's really getting old here dude it's yeah yeah. so basically it's like how do i make more of those situations happen because that's pretty fun yeah so speaking of this topic yeah the topic the sort of bigger topic i want to talk today and you know i need to hear it from the mouth of the person who wrote make time (laughs) and a big topic for me at the moment is energy and how i now First of all, just to be clear, I don't have a super packed day any day. I've built this company in my 20s. I've automated a lot of it. My job is mostly to come up with the business ideas and sort of firefight some small things that happen. Still, overall, everything is better when I have a very high energy level and when I'm in control of my energy levels and when I'm not just like losing energy in the middle of a meeting or just feeling bored halfway through the day. And so... I've been sort of playing around with different 
let's say I'm not talking now about Tim Ferriss level morning routines, getting up at 6 a.m., meditating for seven hours, <laughs> having three cold showers, fucking, I don't know, transcending into space time. I'm talking about the sort of stuff you can do while having also a child. Yeah. And I wanted to tell you a few of my things that have, I've been trying and what's been working and what's not. And I was wondering if you had some, I also want to hear like some of the things you do as like these little energy boosters. And I know also in the book, you kind of talk about a lot of these, including just basic coffee, but even simple things like that can make a big difference if they're done at the right time. Totally. So yeah, let's talk about it. Love that topic. So for me, what I realized, I was trying something in the morning where I was basically getting up and doing like lots of push-ups. And what I realized is that this is good for the visual, the visual side of things, <laughs> the muscles, but it doesn't somehow help me get into this energetic mood. So what I've been trying in the last week is kettlebell swings, because kettlebell swings, they don't really build much muscle. Well, they do in your sort of ass and legs and your like hip area but what they do very well is get you completely out of breath and sweaty yeah very fast oh interesting and interesting very fast but yeah. very 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 fast like within the space of you know you could run two kilometers and not be as out of breath and sweaty as you are doing kettlebell swings for three minutes. Wow. It's, they're so intense. Yeah. yeah. They're super intense because they're this complete full body experience. Will you, could you describe a little bit what it looks like? <laughs> I know that kettlebell is like uh, the big, <laughs> it's like the big blob of weight with like a sort of yeah. a handle on top. Yeah. It's really I'm imagining hard. you're swinging it around, but like what, I mean, yeah. do you squat I can, and do? What's it? Yeah. So you, I'll try to explain it. You hold the kettlebell in your hands, your okay. two hands, and yeah. I'm using just a pretty light one at the moment because I'm not used to doing it. I'm using 12 kg. I don't know how many other, I don't know the other weight of that. And I'm using, um, the, on Amazon, they're called the Russian kettlebells. And I'm sorry for the people who have to deliver them, but these are the <laughs> met, <laughs> these are the best ones because they're actually small, they're the smallest but heaviest ones. So you can actually fit them between your legs to do the kettlebell swings. So I have a 12 kg and an 18 kg or something like that. You hold it in your hands, and then what you're trying to do is you basically get, you let your hands hang, you get into a, by the way, don't do this without watching a YouTube video, just, <laughs> just try to imagine it. Then you get into sort of a, a squat position, and you very explosively stand back up, but by shooting your hips out. So you sort of squeeze your ass tight, and then your hips shoot forward. And then the kettlebell shoots forward when you stand up straight. So you don't use your arms to project the kettlebell forward. You use your hips. Oh, okay. And then you basically get into a swinging motion doing that. Essentially, what it is is like a squat, but with weights. But it's really good for your core, your ass, your legs, and not your arms, unfortunately. And yeah, and it's a, so I, I'm starting off with doing actually <laughs> the first two days I did like almost like a hundred each day and now I can't walk. <laughs> so this morning, <laughs> but I didn't want to break the routine. So what I did this morning, which is kind of ridiculous is I did like the Tony Robbins jumping that he does at his conference with my hands up in the air, just jumping. I just did a hundred jumps until I was really sweaty and out of breath. Um, and I realized that probably a skipping rope would be a good idea for that. Does he have you, do, at the conference, does Tony Robbins make everybody do that? Yeah, constantly. You're constantly jumping and it's really good. Like, it's funny because at normal boot camps or conferences or anything, including probably our own, but I don't know because I'm in it, so I can never tell if it's boring or not. Yeah. Like, you get to the point where you're just starting to get tired. Yeah. I know it because I go to workshops and like, especially the presenter cannot tell this is happening. 
but in the conferences or in the things, you start getting tired. So Tony Robbins, every five minutes, the music comes on really loud and everyone in the audience has to stand and jump for around a minute. So you actually get really sweaty. You're only 10 minutes into the whole thing, but you stay awake for, in his case, the full four-hour conversation. Yeah. So yeah, I'm, I'm doing something in the morning. Not, I'm not doing something long because I don't have so much time with the baby, but like, let's say... It could be five minutes, it could be 15 minutes, and then I'm having a green tea instead of a coffee. Okay. Because, you know, the problem is I'm having a coffee in the morning, and then, you know, in between getting out of the apartment, getting to the office, kind of greeting people, kind of doing the just generic setup stuff, it's like an hour later. And so I've used my coffee uh, yeah. squirt on pointless stuff yeah you know what i mean i oh, totally know what you uh, mean that's the worst <laughs> that's the worst you're yeah. like oh man it's like you great yeah yeah it's like you're playing like uh you know mario kart or something and you use that that mushroom yeah, the boost the or the like, mo- yeah, you just exactly. like went straight into a wall and then you're like oh <laughs> exactly that's what's been happening so i'm testing out so i'm having a green tea instead uh with my breakfast and i'm not even getting into the breakfast. that's changing every day that's not anything super amazing okay i'm not super optimized that's the main point and then I'm getting to the office. And then at around 11 a.m., I have a double espresso. I usually have a single. And then my most productive time is the next two hours after that. Okay. Okay. And it seems to keep me overall relatively energized for the rest of the day. Just doing those two things. Oh, and there's another big thing. I probably mentioned this last week as well. Sorry, Jake. I'm just rambling. No, that's cool. That's cool. <laughs> I was rambling a lot at the beginning. So now I get to kind of restore my energy. <laughs> yeah. So I also have been experimenting for the first time in my entire life. Again, there's a lot of firsts at the moment at 32. I've been experimenting with reducing alcohol intake dramatically. Now, that is probably hard for you to imagine because you guys are probably not drinking a lot in the quarantine, but it's party time here at the moment. (laughs) There's excuses to drink every single day and every single night. And about two or three weeks ago, I was telling you, I I told you last week in last week's podcast that I was reading this render experiment and that I read it during a really bad hangover and this triggered a lot of things for me. And then I was like, oh my God. And then I went back through my journal and I was like, wow, every time I drink really heavily, I get like quite depressed afterwards and also like kind of like just down and less energetic. And then I also realized that, you know, I'm just having, you know, especially at AJ and Smart where it's a pretty rowdy company, people will crack out the beers three out of five days of the week, you know, at like 5 p.m. Someone will be having a glass of wine. Someone will be celebrating something and they'll come to to my office and like, hey, do you want a glass of wine? I'm like, of course. What are you guys celebrating? And I'll always just have a glass of wine or a beer. And I think, so long story short, I've decided to, to actually track it with my journal, how I feel after one drink, how I feel after uh, the next day, yeah. after two drinks, after zero drinks for multiple days. Yeah. I realized also, just like on a, you know, when I'm out um, having some drinks with uh, friends or colleagues or even clients, I can have like, a full, I can have probably five glasses of wine just to myself at a dinner, yeah. on a casual Tuesday night dinner. And then I'm wondering why I feel so hungover and why my <laughs> sleep is so badly affected. So I'm almost 15 days into this experiment now, which is really interesting. And I have to say, I didn't realize how much of an effect alcohol was having on my well-being. And I'm not saying I'm going to quit alcohol. I still, like this Friday, we're having like a 
coming back to the office and surviving as a business after the coronavirus (laughs) crisis thing, barbecue, and I'll have a few drinks there. But I'm starting to realize like the casual here and there beer for no reason affects my energy levels in a way that's no longer worth it in my life. Yeah, totally. I think it's, it's pretty surprising for me, like, when I start to figure out how how caffeine and alcohol is affecting me. And it also is a thing that like continues to be, for me at least, it's not something I figured out once and then it was sort of like, okay, well now I'll just run this Done. new program forever and it'll be perfect. Yeah. It's more like, because those things are fun. Like, you know, it's fun to have like more coffee. It's fun to have like another beer or something. And, yes. you know, but yeah, like I think what you're doing, tracking what happens over a long period of time. Yeah. It's totally the way it's a hard way to do it. It's hard to like develop that tracking habit and then like do it. But boy, that's really cool because then you then instead of hearing somebody talk about this is something we did that we wrote about in Make Time. When you hear like a scientific study or you hear like advice from like a doctor, it's just yeah. like, okay, whatever. You know, and like the same thing yeah, is like if cares? I'm giving people advice like in the book where I'm like, I know that if I were you, I would take this advice with like I'd be like, well, you know, like whatever. Um, but when it's you, when you yourself like measure what's going on for you and then you like see what yeah. happens for you, then that is like super believable. Cause like, that is me. That's the most important like sample size possible. It's me. And like, yeah, I think that the alcohol can have a, it can have a super huge effect on sleep and sleep has such a huge effect on everything else. So besides everything. like, <laughs> ev- you know, besides the other effects of alcohol and like dehydrating and, and those things, like, just purely like getting what into it does street fights, sleep. getting into street fights. Right? <laughs> oh, that's my biggest problem. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that like, I could imagine that being a huge one, especially since, you know, the combination of you being like a really, like you enjoy, you enjoy like social situations and like, there's a lot of drinking that's oh a part God. of what goes on in. I love drinking. People you're it's with. So fun. You know, for me, it's like, it becomes unpleasant really fast. So it's easy for me to resist drinking because the moment at which I just start to get tired and feel crappy and how bad I feel the next uh, day, I think is like much greater than it is for you, right? So like, yeah. it's like really easy for me to say, okay, I'm going to back off on that because it's just not as much fun. It's like a little bit of fun, but not a lot. Mm. I think it's harder when it's like, it really is fun and it doesn't feel, you know, bad in, in the moment. It's massively fun for me. And yeah. and I mean, there are times as well where I see the benefit, especially um, like this is kind of hard to, I've never thought about it, but I've talked about this a few times, even with my wife. Alcohol also can put you into situations which turn out to be really great. Like yeah. I met my wife because of alcohol. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. And I, I think like, you know, like sometimes I'll, I'll go out with a colleague and we'll have some drinks and you yeah. can open up a little bit more yeah. and, and you kind of, yeah. you kind of solve some maybe tension that's been building up or, or with friends as well. Obviously, the better way to do that is just to become a better human. But, you know, that takes way longer. And sometimes alcohol can just get rid of a lot of the inhibitions. <laughs> yeah. and obviously, then you can also say some stuff that people really don't like. But <laughs> I, think there is, I think there is something to it. The same way people say there's something to taking psychedelics and all of this stuff, which I haven't experienced yet. Or like weed, which I'm not really that into. But yeah, it's something interesting. I'm, I'm, I'm not like doing it for any reasons of like oh yeah i really need to stop drinking it's more like i want to overall i want to feel excited i want to feel energized i don't want to have this 
wave like you know this week i'm excited this week i'm not excited this week i'm excited yeah. this week i'm not yeah. excited yeah. and I, I feel like alcohol might play, might play some role. role in this and it might yeah, also it might be, be kind playing. of a delayed release effect like the uh, some of the things that i get migraines and one of the things that's as i've been like better and better understanding my migraines over the years and it's weird because they've gotten to the point where like I rarely actually have the headache. I'm lucky now I don't have the headache anymore, but I still have the vi- weird visual thing. Yeah. And I so start to see like all of the, and there's stuff that happens before the migraine for day, like sometimes days and after yeah. sometimes for days. It is weird to see like how, you know, the things that trigger the migraine might have happened like almost as much as like a week before, like my, you know, maybe my what are they for you? For me, it would be like sleep was disrupted, stressful situation. Yeah. Or like often like the resolution of a stressful situation is when the, Ah. when the migraine will like sort of that cycle will will start. That makes so much sense. Um, Yeah. Which is weird though. Cause it's like when you're unstressed, it's like, I can't, I can't afford to have the migraine now. I almost feel like my, you know, the brain is almost like holding back and then you know, for uh, for me, like bright light also will trigger it for me. I'm like super light sensitive. You know, if like, do you ever think of like, if you're hanging out with me and we're outside, like I've got on like sunglasses and a baseball hat, like, yeah, but like that delayed release, like a lot of the things that happen, you can almost, you know, if you just think of like the human body and like the brain and everything is like a, like a pretty well tuned, like machine for just like keeping mm. like stasis like keeping like energy level like being ready to go like it's a you know it's like a really yeah well sort of equipped like basic system and it has this kind of system of things it does and like part of that is sleeping and like you know sort of restoring whatever happens when we sleep and i don't think people really know but like it's restoring stuff and good things are happening and caffeine and alcohol are like they're disruptors to that system and they have like in the short term you can feel the benefits but sometimes i think the the negative effects don't actually manifest immediately. They might not manifest for like a few days afterwards. You're so right. And that's the problem. It makes it much harder. That's why yeah, we don't put it together. I can't spot it. Can't spot it. Totally. It's tough too, because like, you know, part of the truth is that a lot of those just like basic systems run really well when we don't do anything weird to it. Like if we, if you have like zero caffeine at all, then your your energy tends to stay like more level. And there's a system in place. Mm. Like one of the things we talk about in the book is there's there's a system in place to like you give um, cortisol levels will rise in the morning and it's to sort of wake you up and get your body going. Yeah. If you have caffeine in the morning first thing, which I do, even though I know this is true, like I have caffeine first thing in the morning, you're kind of like subverting a little bit that like natural wake up cycle mm. and you're like using mm. caffeine to do it. And then your body's like, oh, well, because there's caffeine in the system, we need to produce more I think it's adenosine is this like agent that basically makes you groggy and, and caffeine like blocks it. But when you're using caffeine, your body at that time will like produce more adenosine to compensate. Mm. So you're basically like creating this whole complex little like, you know, sort of counter insurgence from your body to like slow you down yeah. in the morning when your body would normally just be like waking you up. Yeah. And there's a lot of things like that where like when we disrupt the system, it sort of messes it up. And I think, you know, you might not feel it for a while. At the same time, like I know that, and yet I drink like my two coffees a day, and like you have to have some vices. You have to have some vices, and it, yeah, and it's like it's nice, and it's nice to have a little, to be able to exert a little bit of control, to be able to say, I really want to boost now. This is a good time yeah. to focus. I want it exactly. So it's it's hard. It's not simple to say what to do, but in general, like a lot of things with the body, like a good first step for energy is to try to back off, probably on 
on the interventions and let the body like <laughs> like run its own system. And actually, I think that doing the exercise in the morning is, I mean, it's a sort of an intervention, but it's kind of the thing that your body would, would normally be doing like in the wild. Mm. Like we'd have to get up yeah. and move and, and that yeah. seems to help me. I wonder with the exercise, if you, if the morning is the best time for you, if you find, and this is just something to like notice maybe over time, is it the best time for doing things that are like really in, intense, like that make you so that you feel like you can't walk, you know, after the first two days of doing them? Because I found for me that I have to, like for a long time, I played basketball in the morning. Mm. And I, when I play basketball, I just, I love it. And I'll get like way into it and would totally wear myself out, have a great time and feel really good for like an hour or two. But then I was super tired. Like I had worked myself and then I like, <laughs> I couldn't at work. I was like not able to really get things done the rest of the I'm day. not doing, I'm doing like a 15 minute. 15 minutes, okay, yeah. Yeah, so it's not, I don't feel like that. I feel pretty energized the yeah. whole day. For, well, since I've been trying. And I don't know, again, you know, you never know. I'm trying, I'm delaying my coffee from the morning now till like 11 a.m. So I don't know exactly what's picking me up. Also, some more exciting things are happening at AJ and Smart. So that's also interesting. I mean, yeah. another thing I also figured out for my energy level, probably more core to it than anything else, is having enough interesting things to do per day. And that's actually something we've been talking about for years on this podcast as my issue, because I've built this perfect Tim Ferriss-like four-hour workweek machine, <laughs> um, which truly is a four-hour workweek for me if I would want it to be. Yeah, But that's not what I want. And now I've heavily realized that's not where I want to be. Whereas I've spent the last nine years trying to build this four-hour workweek style business where I'm not needed. Now I'm like, oh, fuck, like, cool that it works. Cool that you can do that. But I want to be challenged. I want to be pushed because that's, that's when I'm at my best. When I'm being pushed, when I'm being challenged, when I feel like I have something to reach beyond me. It's hard to do that in Berlin as well, man. This place is so chilled. It's so chilled. That's why I come to the US like four or five times a year is to just get that kick in my ass where people are like, you're nothing. And I'm like, yes, you're right. Hit me again. But in Berlin, it's like playing on easy mode for sure. Ah, uh, man. Yeah, that's... You know, it's an interesting thing, the Tim Ferriss dream of like that you... And I, this, is an, this is an oversimplification of it, but that... If you really have it figured out, then the money is just coming in sort of passively. Yeah. And yeah. you're like at ease or like at rest, you know, and pursuing whatever. And I, I think obviously the point of that is so that you have the freedom to do things you want to do, do. things you want to do and, and to yeah. find the hard work in places that really match like what you want to do. And that is yeah. true. That is truly great freedom. But there is something about removing the struggle that makes it like that sounds all well and good like it sounds really good like yeah when you until you get remove it. the struggle <laughs> yeah remove the struggle make it so the money is just rolling in and then the next struggle the struggle that you create yourself will be really amazing mm. and like that's not i think that for people who really quest after the scenario where the money just rolls in and you don't have to do anything like be careful that, that you know that you don't make sure you're really enjoying it along the way and i think it's true that you have enjoyed building aj and smart and building yeah. this machine yeah yeah if you hadn't 
if you had instead followed the no. 100% Tim Ferriss blueprint of like making like a outsource everything. Yeah. And like, and your business was like vitamins, you know, that was his big business yeah. that made him money at first, but you didn't really care about it, but you were just like, this is a way to make money. Mm. I wonder how much, I just think that's like a tough, it's tough to get long-term satisfaction from that stuff. Yeah, it's it's a big topic in my life now. I'm not saying that I've now don't need to do anything ever again yeah. and I have so much money. That's right. not true at all. It's more that I'm always thinking many years ahead and I, I, I know some people who are wealthy and maybe like they're wealthy and they're they're older than me and they're like, oh, what do I kind of do with my life now? And I, I, I want to be, I realize when I'm busy, when I'm packed full of things to do, when I have like what other people would consider to be a completely insane schedule, that's when I'm feeling the most chilled. Seriously. Yeah. <laughs> usually what my, and, and also coronavirus has also made this a bit shittier, but like usually I'd have a trip to the US coming up. Usually that would mean some crazy workshop or meeting yeah. at a crazy company, which is way ahead of me in terms of just lots of intelligent people. So I'd be worried about that. And there would be people I'm visiting for inspiration. And there would be like a, we would be hosting an event here in Berlin at some point, which we've now have to cancel. And like all of these things stress me out in the right way. But now I'm just, you know, waiting a bit, you know. This coronavirus thing, this pandemic thing, it cannot be over so many overstated how yeah. And how much it sucks. Like I do f have to like keep reminding myself that things that are hard are not all a hundred percent due to like there are Jake flaws that cause some of my, my problems, but like, yeah, of course the pandemic is hard Yeah, and it will like, it will pass. Things will get better on that front, but man, it does make it, it does make it tough. Yeah. I can't remember what we were talking about. We were talking about energy, I guess, but <laughs> energy. Yeah. So those are the things I'm trying. Um, oh yeah. And I've also, I mentioned that like the, the buildup of things. Okay. You know, like Tim Ferriss style bullet points. Okay. So I don't use things. I don't use Twitter. I mostly delete Instagram for like, let's say more than half the week. Social I'm media not checking. and news, huge energy sinks. Absolutely. Like for real. N zero news though. Zero news. The only news I'm willing to check, and that's maybe once per month, is I'll buy a copy of The Economist, literally. Then, so Z I'm not getting any news besides everyone telling me about every single thing Donald Trump is doing all the time and me ignoring it. And then... I'm doing the, I'm reducing alcohol significantly. And yeah, I mean, sleep, I've always been pretty good at. I try to get eight hours of sleep. And that's the experiment besides also going to therapy and besides also doing all those other things, trying to sort my shit out. But yeah, those are the little nuggets I'm trying at the moment. Well, the thing that you're, one way to look at what you're doing is you're like removing the things that like hurt energy. Which is like actually a really like, yeah, that's really powerful to just like stop punching yourself in the stomach. If I can like, I, I figure like a lot of times if I can just stop punching myself in the stomach, then like maybe I'll feel better. And like mm. definitely for me, checking social media is a punch in the stomach. It's like the chance that there's going to be a thing that makes me for whatever reason feel bad is like pretty yeah, decent. For hours. Yeah. And even a thing that makes me feel good, like, oh, wow, that's so funny. Or that's so, like, oh, look at that, <laughs> is complicated. Like, if it's really funny and I, like, go and, like, watch it, then, like, my attention is fried 
and I've used up even like watching something funny is like using up energy. It's like using the energy for something. And then sometimes if it's like somebody did something that's good and it like, I feel like a little bit on some level jealous of them for like jealous, such a good tweet or like taking such a good photo or having such a cool event happen to them. That also uses up my energy in a way that I'm like embarrassed about. And like that, I hate that sucks. The news is a total punch in the stomach. It's always bad. It always takes emotional energy to, to withstand it. And like, read it and it creates a job i like create a job for myself of like well i've got to get to the bottom of this topic now i need to like yeah. know what's going on like it doesn't matter if i know god all those things and then yeah like caffeine can be caffeine is like a weird one because immediately it feels good and then later there's a punch in the stomach like because you you right you have to like pay back the mortgage that you took out on <laughs> on that energy the crash the crash and then yeah man so yeah for eliminating those things whereas like exercise is like just a boost, right? Like exercise is energy yeah, boost. Yeah, that's a booster. That's true. Good sleep is a boost. I think talking to people is a boost and like having an yes. in-person chat with people is a boost. But on Zoom Absolutely. over video, it's, a, it's dicey. Like I have to know the person really well for the video call to be a boost because there's, you people talk a lot about how taxing video is, but like it's easier for me to have a phone call a lot of the time, even with people who I know really well, even with like my mom. Like it's easier to have a phone call. Like with you, like you and me talking right now, we talk so much doing this show that I feel really comfortable. I don't feel as though I have to like make eye contact or like I don't have to think about my facial expression. Like I know you'll be fine. And I know if I'm like looking You also don't have to be like, oh, how are you doing? You know, I I think that's the shit thing about a a video call. It's like, oh, hey, how's it going? You have to, you have to give, like, I think we know we're doing a show as well. And we're... Actually, because in a normal conversation, you generally want to listen more to each other. Yeah. On a podcast, you're kind of broadcasting <laughs> yeah. at each other. That's right. Without listening. That's right. <laughs> oh, man. It's like, listen to my topics now. <laughs> in real life, that annoys people a lot. Oh, Jake, I have a recommendation of a book for you. You said you liked The Road, right? I did like it, although... It was it was super I know it's post-apocalyptic. But like, I've never yeah. read a book so fast because... It was so good, but I needed to like get out of that world as fast as possible. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I have got a recommendation for you of a world that's a lot less depressing than The Road, oh, okay. yet still really well written and really short, and I loved it. It's called The Wall by John Lancaster, Lancashire, Lang- Langley, some, I don't know his second name. I know I could have written it down, but it's The Wall. I'm going to look it up right now, and then I'll be able to, I'm, I'm typing it in. The Wall, there's a, John, there's a movie, yeah. oh, 4K UHD uh, called The Wall, 2017, no, I'm talking about two and a half stars. Yeah, but the, the, like there's so many there's things Pink called Floyd, The Wall, I don't know wall. how he even managed that's to get the one. book. Uh, there's The Great Wall to get that Damon, book that's four stars. Out of five. Oh, God damn it. The Wall, John Lan- Lanchester. Yes, that, that. Okay, um, that just came I out. can safely say it's a very good book, and the first... Two chapters or three chapters might irritate some people because they irritated me as in I was annoyed. I was like, eh, it's annoying. But yeah, I just read it kind of, I, it was just recommended to me on Kindle. I didn't read any reviews, didn't read anything about it. <laughs> and I just read it and I thought it was great. It only has 3.6 on Goodreads. But uh, I also know that my book only had three point something for a while on Goodreads. So you can't, Goodreads, it's all people are horrible on Goodreads. I think. Can I read? Can I read the the most harsh review of my book oh, to you? Man, you can, but you know, I, I, oh I, God, I can't I don't look mind. at Goodreads I, reviews. 
Yeah, read it. No, read it. Got, read it. Read it. Read it. Because it'll make me feel better. Because the harsh yeah. reviews make me feel so bad. So okay. to know that that happened to you. Ruben rated it one star. Worst nonfiction book I have ever read. <laughs> I wouldn't. <laughs> I wouldn't even call it a book. It's nothing new, insightful, or interesting about any of the methods described or in how they are applied. It features some of those basic exercises that exist in workshops, individual groups brainstorming, affinity mapping. What if, how might we framing, and dot voting. I hope at least for one novel idea, but I was sadly disappointed. Not even worth the shipping cost. (laughs) Oh my God, what a fucking nice guy. I mean, fair enough. You know, you put it out, you put it out there and then people give you that review. There's one review. I I think the three-star reviews sometimes are the most, the good negative ones, as in, they're like negative, but I'm like, oh, yeah, well, fair enough. You know what I mean? The, the problem with ones. Goodreads, I mean, reviews everywhere are really problematic for the fundamental reason that like, like Brene Brown puts this like, there's like a lot of cheap seats in the world of the internet. Like it's like it's very <laughs> easy to show Everyone up can do and it. like comment on people's work. When you, I mean, God, you know, I'm guilty of it too. We were talking about apple's icons last week and i'm like oh these icons you know and like it's very cheap for me to show up and like look at the icon and criticize without doing the yeah, work to we make do, an we're icon doing it and too. put it out there yeah so so there's that effect of like there's a lot of cheap seats and it makes people feel good you know to rain on stuff there's this added effect in goodreads that people are crafting a like a an image based on their reviews and the books that they read, uh, right? So like yeah, each okay. person is like, this is who I am. I'm curating kind of. Uh, and so the reviews are harsher. I, this is my belief. I don't know. I've, this is my opinion. But like people I think are harsher because they want to show, they weren't sort of like, they're like saying something about themselves and they want to kind of create, they're crafting an image or like crafting a, you know, and I don't think it's like, like people are like uh, cynical about it necessarily, but they're thinking like, you know, if I wrote a review on Goodreads, I'm like, oh man, like a five, like I should be really careful about what I give a five to. Like that should be, that should be like the best book. Yeah. They also don't know that the authors are reading these. Uh, yeah. They're not thinking about the authors coming by and reading it. You know, they're like just thinking like, yeah, I want people to know something about me like this, you know, and yes, it's more interesting if I have like a strong opinion and which I get, like I totally get. But if you're an author, it sucks. Like it sucks to see that because nobody is like on Goodreads where they're reading like all these fiction books and talking about that. Nobody is like, oh boy, this business process book I read is like really amazing writing. Like, you know, it's just (laughs) like, yeah. But like The Wall, so The Wall is one of the best books I've read in a while. I loved it. The first review I can see here from David, I've just finished reading it. It's dreadful comically dreadful, devoid of any serious merit. Wow. Comparisons with Kafka are only as appropriate as they are absurd. Wow. The author... Uh, fuck this guy. I mean, like, just also, <laughs> he's try, you can tell this guy is someone who wanted to be a writer and is just angry, you know, with life. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, just trying to make it sound really smart and cool as well. It's like, I, I cringe. I actually cringed right there reading that. Yeah. Just because it's like, oh, that's so cringy to do that, to write something like that i actually am okay with ruben's one star review of my book at least that's not trying to be too he's not trying to be clever he's just like this is shit (laughs) (laughs) this is not a book (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, but it's funny. It's anyway the wall. I would recommend reading it, even even though I'm even though it has like weirdly bad reviews. I think it's uh, I don't know. I think it's a good book. Your reviews can be overrated. I think there's a thing that's really hard to consistently capture in the like five star review format of like how enjoyable something is. Yeah, or how like useful something is. You know, because like business books need to be useful. Like above all, they need to be useful. Yeah. And there are, there are lots of ways that a novel can be good, for sure. Not just fun. There are also ways that novels can be really, you know, powerful that aren't just like having a, having a good time or enjoyable. But enjoyableness is definitely something that often I think gets lost in reviews. Like, true, is it just like a lot of fun, you know, <laughs> to read this? So, and a lot of times fun is like, especially in these dark times, like, That's what it's really need. important to like have this podcast. that. Like, yeah, like this podcast. This podcast is not good. You know, it's not a good podcast. Yeah, you yeah, won't yeah. learn shit from it, <laughs> but you might laugh and therefore it's enjoyable. Well, we're laughing. So that's what matters. That's a great, yeah. There's no, oh man, man. <laughs> I, I can't even finish Man, you guys need to get the fuck out of your quarantine somehow. Is there anything you can do to just not feel so trapped and cooped up? Can you like go out to the countryside or something or... Yeah, we've been trying to think about that. I mean, it's we've been trying to like figure out if there's a way to see our parents because uh, we haven't seen them yet. And it's been like four or five months, four months since we saw my mom and like six months since we saw my wife's folks. And they, they both live a ways away. So we're like kind of if we, if we take a trip anywhere, it should probably be to see them. So then it gets mixed in with like, uh, but it's not, you're not really supposed to. I, we think like some of the guidelines aren't so clear and so we're like well should we just go ahead and do it but mm. yeah we're kind of getting to that point where we have to do something we have to <laughs> we yeah. have to do something we do we are lucky that where we are in the city there is this like there's a park that's just like on a super steep slope where i'm sure they just like couldn't build anything when they were <laughs> making the city and so they're just like okay i guess this will be a park you know, they've gone in and like made trails in there. And so it's cool because you are in the city and then you just like walk into this park and it's just like you're totally in the forest. Cool. And it's not huge, but the way the trails sort of wind around, like you feel like you could be in the forest for a while. And that is a big part of what's keeping Jake sane. It's just like going in those that forest every day and like okay. being, you know, away from everything. That's like, okay, that's a huge one. But yeah, no, we should, it would be really nice to have a change of scenery Mm. for sure. And I think that this stuff, like doing the, doing the podcast is a thing that gives me like an illusion of like things are happening. Like we're, you know, we're talking (laughs) normalcy, normalcy and travel too. Like, you you know, like talking to you and like seeing a little like glimpse of Berlin is like, oh yeah, this is a little slight. I'll turn the camera and show you the outside, although you can't really see much right now. No, I can't really see. No, much. but I can see. Yeah, I can see the river and like, yeah, it's cool, right? Like I've been there. I've been in the office with you hanging out. I've been like out on that river walking around going for runs and stuff and I see that and I'm like, "Oh yeah, it's real. The world is real. The world is real." It's slightly also depressing to see those things, but mostly it feels good actually. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's wild. I mean, it will be interesting for you to listen back on these like 4, 5, 6 Seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty months, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and be like, oh, that was weird. <laughs> Do you ever think like maybe I'm always like, I wonder if someday I'll just like listen back to all the episodes. Like I probably I can't imagine what scenario I'd be in where I would have the time to do that. A long it would be drive, super interesting to like. 
Like, what were, what were we talking about? What was going on? Oh, yeah, I remember that. I was such a fool. <laughs> yeah, such a fool. Yeah. Yeah, there's no journal or anything I have that is like this much random stuff in it. So it's good. I, I did it. Remember, I, I mentioned it a few episodes back. I was uh, on a five hour drive alone back from yeah. my wife's parents' house, and I listened to like the first seven episodes back when we used to have like really clear topics. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, these were way better. And then I listened to a recent one. I was like, oh, no, that's also fun. <laughs> <laughs> It's funny how your brain cannot keep two concepts at the same time. Yeah. It's like, whenever I go to the US, I'm like, okay, this is where I want to live. This is the best place. Berlin is shit. (laughs) And then when I go back to Berlin, I'm like, wait a minute. No, this is also really good. America is shit. (laughs) And there's no way for me to keep those two concepts in my mind that both are actually good. Is that true? Man. Can't be done. Yeah. Yeah. Should we end it right there? I just said can't be done. Oh, can't, can't be done. I thought you said that word and we're yeah. done. I do actually have to leave because I my my baby is back in town, and my wife and my my ch- my child and my wife are back in town. <laughs> so, um, let's end it then. Let's just end it. Yeah, but will you read the wall? <laughs> yeah, you know what? I think I Click will. I already downloaded. Link. I downloaded a sample to my Kindle. Which here's the thing, dude. Okay. I'm like par way through. I finished my first uh, book on racism. I'll talk about that in a future episode. It was really good. Is it the white fragility? No, it's... Uh, so you want to talk about race. But oh, right, yeah. I want to say her name right. It's Olua Ijeoma. I'm not pronouncing it right, perhaps, but that's her name. It's a great book. I'll talk about it in another episode, though. Okay. I'm very committed to understanding that topic better so that I can figure out in whatever like small way that I can do better at that yeah like i'm sure there's a large ways i could do better but like i want to know how to do it so i mean i'm committed to reading more of those books and i found this book really good cool all right however during quarantine i also need to read stuff that does not make me think so much and so i'm i'm reading hyperion and that's a long book yes i'm I'm making progress on that and that's just a good one because it's like it's just pure escape. Like I read it and it's like, I'm in a different world. Okay. I can just like, my brain can shut down and stop worrying about everything yeah. and just go to sleep. It's so I read it right before I go to bed. So if the wall is like on that, I could, I could get down with another book like that for it's sure. It's fun. It's, I mean, it's, it's dark. It's not like going to be like, whoa, it's wacky. Dark can be okay. No, dark's okay. I mean, Hyperion's a bit dark. And like before that, I've been, you know, during the quarantine reading like Stephen King and stuff like it. I don't mind that it's dark. I just, as long as it's not dark, like literally in my life. Yeah. Or like, yeah. <laughs> I can at least like tell myself this is an imaginary world that we're talking about. It's not, because there's plenty of darkness in the real world. I just want a fake dark world. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Fake dark. Let's end it with that. Okay. Jakey. All right. Well, I hope you're feeling better next week. I hope your friend is feeling better soon. And let's sing it out. Let's sing it out. One, two, three, four. Jake and Jonathan. Jake and Jonathan. Sorry about that noise, everybody. <laughs> Bye. Bye.